still plugged into Jesus. Their faith is still in God. And uh, they know where all of that is in the hands of God. Great to see you guys here today. And uh, the Maddens, glad to see you guys here today. All of our guests. Again, I shouldn't have started calling name. James, glad you're here today. Uh, right down the line. Glad all of you folks are here. Uh, Julie has folks here today with her. We're glad that they're here. I tried to explain that this might be a little bit weird, and they said, well, we know. We're, we're familiar with this. So it went. Uh, but anyway, glad you guys are here today. This has certainly been an incredible uh, God experience uh, here today, and I'm so grateful for the beautiful, beautiful outpouring of the Spirit of the Lord. Again, we're glad to have uh, Brother Monty Young here today, and uh, they're here today, and they've gone almost around the world to get here. They've lived in California for a number of years, and then they moved to Alaska, and now they're back in this area only temporarily. Uh, their ultimate goal, and they're already moving in that direction, is go to uh, the New Orleans area and pioneer a church, start a brand new church for the kingdom. Thank the Lord. And I want him to come right now and uh, share that with you and uh, what his burden and heartbeat is. We're so glad they're here. He's hit it out of the park. We're thankful for that. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Murphy. Thank you, Grace Church. It's good to be back here. I didn't grow up in Central, but every time we come back, I feel right at home. And uh, today is no exception. We're honored that we were asked to come be a part of this worship experience today. And you never know what God's going to do, but I'm glad he does what he does. Um, about seven and a half years ago, Olga and I were sitting in the French Quarter watching the beginning of what we found out later was the uh, decadence parade. So we quickly got up and left. But while we were sitting there, something happened to me that has never happened before. <clears throat> I, I felt a call of God on my life since I was about 17, and I ran from it as quickly as I could. Um, but God had already begun working and moving us in the right direction. And while I was sitting there on the on the corner of the street, watching this parade go by, I started weeping. And I'm not a crier. It's not something I just turn on. I'm not one of these that can cry in the pulpit and laugh two seconds later. And I felt God speaking to me. And as we were leaving New Orleans, coming back to Baton Rouge that night, Olga looked over at me. Everybody else in the car was asleep. She said, we're moving to New Orleans, aren't we? I said, yeah, I think so. I don't know when, but we are. And the last seven and a half years have been that struggle, when to go, if to go. I've never been a big fan of the city. But for whatever reason, God has put a love for that place in my heart and a burden for the lost souls there, and there are plenty of them there. So about four weeks ago, we arrived here in Baton Rouge. We're staying at Pat's house and started driving over, immediately connected with some people that were there that felt like God had moved them to New Orleans specifically for the reason of doing something. They didn't know what it was. We had never met them before. We ended up meeting in their apartment and God moved. Last Sunday, we had our first church service, had 22 people there. <clears throat> Praise God. Over the last week, between 20 and 30 more people have either emailed, called, 
or Facebooked us saying they want to be a part of what's going on in uptown New Orleans. The name of the church is NOLA Church. I think it kind of hits the whole city. So when you're praying, keep us in your prayers. We need you. And you may see us sneak in from time to time just because we need a recharge. Don't put on any airs for us. We're just sneaking in. We'll sneak right back out. But I believe God is doing something. He's already started His work. And the work that He began, He's going to finish it. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Murphy. I want him to know that uh, we will uh, support and uh, be behind his ministry. And certainly, if there's anything that grace can do, uh, then we want to be here to help in every way that we can. And uh, we want to keep the youngs on our prayer list and just pray that God will give them a mighty harvest of uh, souls that are seeking God and uh, that are hungry and desperate for a relationship with God in their own life. Thank the Lord. I'm always about men and women here in our own country wanting to go start a brand new work for the kingdom. And uh, pray that God will give them a special blessing. I also want them to know that they're welcome at Grace anytime. As a matter of fact, there may be some times that we invite them. There may be some times where we force them. Uh, whatever it takes. But anyway, uh, we want to be supportive of their ministry and what they're doing. Great people. And we're so thankful that they're here this morning. Uh, We'd like to quickly remind all of our Sunday school staff that we will have a mandatory meeting here tonight in classroom one for all of our Sunday school staff. If you're currently working in Sunday school or if you're going to be in the near future and you know who you are, then I need to meet with you uh, here tonight at 6 o'clock in classroom one. And uh, we'll have some light refreshments and whatnot but just to need to meet with you for a little while. Sister Murphy asked me, and I I know that after we've had such a beautiful demonstration of the presence of God here this morning, she asked me if I was going to preach, and at that moment I said no, that I understand after a wonderful move of God that we've just had, it's kind of like eating a steak dinner and then going up to McDonald's and getting a Big Mac, you just don't particularly want it. And uh, ordinarily after such a demonstration of the Spirit of God, I would not. But I don't know, there's something that's very compelling here this morning. I promise you I will not be long, but I do feel very strongly to share with you what God has given to me for this morning. We've stood a lot. I know you're probably tired of standing, but I always appreciate when the Word of God is read that we should stand in reverence to the Word of God. So if you would stand one more time in Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 54. I will mention to you that there's uh, several announcements that we needed to make here this morning. I'll not make them, but if you'll pay real close attention to the insert that was in your bulletin this morning uh, for church announcements. Thank you very much for that. Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 54. And when he, Jesus, was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished And said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this is not his mother called Mary, and his brethren James and Joses and Simon and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? 
And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Verse 58 is what I would like to highlight here this morning. And he did not mighty works there because of their own, uh, of their own unbelief. I want to speak to you just for a few moments this morning about the miracle that could have happened. The miracle that could have happened. I just feel compelled here this morning that someone here today needs to hear this message. And I pray that you'll open your hearts and minds as we preach the word of God. Everybody say, thank God for the word. Thank you for standing and you may be seated. In Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37, Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stones them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. I want to preach this morning to a mindset to a posture that people here have developed through various circumstances, various church situations, or various uh, pastoral situations, what have you, that when you are approached with a climactic or uh, dramatic need in your life, someone will say to you, well, why don't you give that to Jesus and let him take care of it? There is a mindset, an attitude, a posture that says, well, I know God can, but. And there's sometimes a feeling that will get a hold of our our mind, our intellect, our knowledge of God that says, I know God can do anything, but I don't believe He will do anything for me. Uh, There's people that says, um, well, I could have trusted God, I should have trusted God, but I didn't. I want to preach to you here this morning that there's not a person in this building. It doesn't matter what your level of Christian maturity may be or may not be. It doesn't matter what your background in church is or isn't. I want to to impart to you here this morning, to the best of my ability, that God can do anything for you that He will do for anyone else. You're no exemption to what God can do, His purpose, His will, His function, uh, all of the things that He does in the lives of humanity. God can do those things in your life. Everybody say, He can for me. Look at your neighbor and say, He can for you. No one is exempted. If God, as the old song says, it's no secret what God can do, what He's done for others, He'll do for you. Let me go on to say that there's people here this morning. God has assured me of these things. There's some folks here today. I could walk up and tap you on the shoulder and say, I'm talking to you right now. I'll not do that, but I could. That your life could be drastically different right now. The circumstances you're currently living in could be completely different right now. If you would give God an opportunity to begin to work in your life. Your past, or excuse me, your future does not have to be a repeat of your past. If you will give the rest of you to the all of God, you will see the outcome of tomorrow will be completely different.
a great part of the ministry of Jesus consists of his miracles. He had two primary ways of revealing himself when he was on earth uh, some 2,000 years ago. He would use parables to teach with, and then he would use his miracle ministry to reveal his deity and his power. There are some 35 miracles that are recorded in the Gospels. 23 times in the Gospels it is stated that he healed them all or he healed everyone on 23 different occasions. Those miracles aren't recorded. We don't know what they were. But we have 35 specific miracles and then we have uh, at least on 23 occasions where a crowd of people would be assembled around Jesus and the Bible just simply stated He healed them all. These miracles were meant to teach, to reveal, and to demonstrate His deity. They served as illustrations to deeper spiritual truths that people should come to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. But these miracles also were a reminder of the consequences of people who have lived in sin, who have come accustomed to living in sickness or being accustomed to blindness and even death gripping their friends and their loved ones. These miracles show that the divine act of God in a person's life can change and dismiss the course and track of sin that sin is taking them in. A divine act of God in your life can cure you of the sickness or the illness that you have been fighting with in times past. It can do away with doctor visits and a prescription. It can cure you and make you whole and restore hearing to your ears and sight to your eyes and strength to your limbs. I'm preaching to you today about a God that the Bible said that with God nothing shall be impossible. Let's give up some praise again to Jesus. Let me reiterate, the consequence of your life right now could be sin, could be sickness, or any number of things. But that can stop today if you will invite a divine being into your life named the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. The Bible lets us know that these 35 miracles recorded are but a few selected miracles among many others that were not recorded. In John chapter 20 and verse 30, the Bible said, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life Through his name, the Bible went on to say in John 21, But there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the volumes that should be written. Amen. 
But as impressive as these miracles are, there are hints and even more hints of miracles that might have happened had the hearts of men been receptive that would have been behind anything that we could have imagined. It is clear that more than once he was at the point of working a miracle, but somehow that working of a miracle was hindered. There are needs here today that only the miraculous power of God can meet. And he who had all power was hindered by causes he could not overcome without invading the human will in which he will never do. In Luke chapter 4 verse 16 the Bible said and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was he went into the synagogue and on the Sabbath day uh, and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them which are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and all the eyes of all of them, well, then in the synagogue were focused on him, and he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. There were in all likelihood the sick that was present, the lepers that were present, the devil possessed that were present, the sorrow burden that were present in Nazareth. But he could not do mighty acts among them. According to Mark, Mark chapter 6 verse 5. The Bible said he could do there no mighty work. Save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. I'm here to tell you as many miracles as he performed. There's that many more plus some that he could have performed. If somehow human will would have given in to faith. And God could have divinely changed the course and the future of those around him that could have used that kind of blessing and miracle in their life. The same is true here today. There's people here today that could wake up to a brand new world tomorrow if your will and perspective and mentality would give in and give way to faith that says, God, I'll receive you into my life. And I want to put my faith in you. At the end of his life, he stood and looked over the city of Jerusalem and wept. At the end of his ministry, he cried over Jerusalem. What miracles he must have had in mind for this city. If they had only received him, what could he have done? What could he have performed? What could he have showed to them? If they had been open to his will, to his purpose. Had Caiaphas or Herod and even Pilate arisen from their own evil dreams and opened the opportunity knocking at their many doors. It dazzles one's mind to think of what could have been. In Luke chapter 4 verse 25, Jesus said, But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, or Elijah, and when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, but none of them, but none of them 
was Elias sent to save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisus the prophet, and none of them was clean, saving Naaman the Syrian. God is just simply saying, I want to do so much more. I want to give so much more. I want to reveal so much more. I want to provide so much more. I want to perform so much more. But human will just won't give in to faith and the promise that I made. God spoke to us this morning through the gifts of the Spirit and made that very clear. He said, every promise that I've made I'll keep, but somebody has to manifest faith in those promises. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, and when he was come to the other side in the country of the Gadarene, or the uh, 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 uh there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no man might pass that way. If you'll go on to read the scripture setting in, in the book of Matthew, Matthew recorded two demon-possessed men, but the record records only one of them being delivered. What about the men of the city who came out and prayed that Jesus would depart from their coast? The saddest prayer request I've ever read in my life. Their pigs was more important than their deliverance. The woman with the issue of blood touched him. But there had to be more in the crowd that day that needed miracles that never touched him. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 29, when the disciples were on the stormy sea and Jesus came to them, Peter said, if it be thou, bid me come. And he said in verse 29, come. And Peter was come out of the ship. He walked on water to go to Jesus. But what about the other 11 that was left in the boat? Could they have not walked on water as well? They could have. They could have. But they threw up a wall to Jesus and said, I'm not going to take my faith that far. I'm going to keep my faith bound to my religious upbringing. Listen to pastor right now. There's people here today that's going to keep your faith bound to your own preferences, to your own understanding, to your own knowledge. I'll have you understand the Bible says that his ways are above our ways. His knowledge is above ours. And there's things that God can do. And there's ways that we can do, he can do them that we'll never comprehend. All God asks you to do is not try to figure him out and not try to understand how he does what he does. All God asks you to do is just put your faith in his ability and let it stop right there and say, God, here I am as moldable clay. Do whatever you will in my life. Because I can tell you, the more God will influence and accent your life, the better your life will be. Let's give up some praise to Jesus again. Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus as he was exiting Jericho. He passed through that entire city and no one cried out to him. What miracles were missed and never happened in the city of Jericho that could have happened. And if you study the ministry of Christ, he never went that way again. In John chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible said, And there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Beth Bethsaida, 
uh, having, or Bethesda, excuse me, having five torches. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down a certain season into the pool to trouble the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity for thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? What a question. If Jesus were to come into this sanctuary today and look at somebody and say, Would your marriage be better? Would you like for that physical condition to go away? Would you like to have a better job situation? Would you like for your kids to be under my protective care? How would we answer? What would our response be? This man began to make one excuse after another. In verse 7, the impotent man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step is down before me. What Jesus was trying to communicate to that man, that's your problem, sir, is you're too dependent on someone else. You're dependent on those who can't come through for you. But now standing in front of you is one that can do anything. Is anybody hearing the preacher today? I'm talking about a God that can do anything and everything if human will will turn to faith and trust God and take Him at face value. Jesus essentially said, forget about the water. Forget about an angel troubling the water. Forget about some big name preacher. Forget about some special event. Forget about some great service. Just simply rise and take up your bed and walk, Jesus said. You don't need the fanfare. It don't have to be special circumstances. I appreciated what Superintendent Cox preached last Sunday here. Bring them here. It, I'm not intimidated. I'll pray for anybody. It's between them and God whether or not the miracle takes place. And I don't say that as an escape route. But I pray for people with cancer and they've been healed. I pray for other people with cancer that were not healed. And I understand it's in the hands of God. But I am not intimidated. Neither am I fearful to stand in this pulpit and say anybody can come to this church. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life because I know a God that can do anything. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. But my question today about the man at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible said there was a great company of impotent folk. There's a lot of people there that had all kind of crazy things wrong with them. Why was it that only that one man was healed? Why weren't all of them healed? What about the miracles that could have been? In Luke chapter 9, verse 51, it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elijah did? But Jesus turned, the Bible said, and rebuked him and said, 
You know not what manner of spirit you're of. For the Son of Man is not to come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And the Bible said he went to another village. What might have happened in this Samaritan village, but they missed the opportunity. They missed the chance of a lifetime. What could have Judas Iscariot become? But because of a mindset, because of a mental posture, he missed the greatest opportunity that anyone could have ever been afforded. Jesus came to Jerusalem, to the nation of Israel. The Jews perhaps were looking for a lion, but he came as a lamb, and they missed him. They were looking for a warrior. God said so this morning. He came as a peacemaker, and they missed him. They were looking for a king, but Jesus came as a servant, and they missed him. They were looking for a liberation from Rome. Jesus instead submitted to the Roman cross. They missed him. They were looking for a fit to their mold. But he was the mold maker. And they missed him. They were looking for their temporal needs to be met. He came to meet their eternal need. And they missed him. His presence, however we may be made aware of it, sets up a judgment seat which none can evade. And when he comes into our midst, it is with an offer of the miraculous to meet the sin-created needs in our lives. I'm happy to tell you, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. Will there be unopened gifts in this service this morning? God had something he wanted to give somebody here today but your human will could not cave in to faith and so you'll walk out of here today not receiving what God intended for you to have there's miracles here today that God longs to perform but God will never invade neither will he contradict human will and human desire There's people here today, listen to Pastor in the closing moments of this service. As a matter of fact, you can stand with me this morning if you would. I want to plead with you here today. Don't let your religious background hinder you. Brother Murphy, you don't understand. I was raised such and such a way to believe such and such a thing. I appreciate that and I understand that, but that don't change what God can do. And God help us if your religious upbringing has limited the working of the power of God in your life. Do you know that there's almost 7,000 promises in the Bible given to mankind from God himself? How many a day do you cash in on, if any? I'm standing here today a living, breathing testimony of God working in a man's life. So is my wife. There's a real sweet lady here today. Candace, if you don't mind, would you raise your hand sitting way up here on the front row? Uh, As all of you know by now and for the benefit of our guests, 
she went to the doctor a number of months ago, several months ago, and the doctor said, you're expecting a baby, not one but two. And a couple of months ago, during her pregnancy, there were some very unfortunate things that happened. And the doctor literally said that when she was at the hospital, one of her unborn babies was born and just fell on the floor and uh, miscarried. You're not going to believe this story. There's people here today, you're not going to believe it, but she has documented proof. Her daddy, who is a tremendous man of faith standing over here in the sheriff's uniform, said he heard from God and said God told me she was going to have twins. And so we're going to hold God to what he said. She went back to the doctor the following week and her doctors can document every word that I'm saying, can they not? There's two babies in her womb this morning. You know why? You know why? Because she let human will cave in to faith. She said, I'm going to take God at his word. I'm going to take it at face value. I could go on and on here this morning. The sweet lady in our media booth that's put all of our scriptures and songs and choruses on the screen was going to have to have a knee replacement surgery because you could take her kneecap and run it halfway up her leg. But God stepped in. The doctors are amazed. She's not had to have knee surgery. And they said, we don't understand what happened. But all of that's normal. I understand what happened. Human will caved in to faith. Human will gave in to faith. If I can illustrate one more time, there's an awesome family in our church. I saw, I thought I saw them earlier. But uh, Sister Kathy Yoder went to the doctor several couple of years ago. The doctor diagnosed her with cancer and said she had only a few months to live. We prayed for her. She went back to the doctor. They said, we must have made a mistake. There's no cancer evident in your body. I could, hey, I could go on and on with this. These are miracles that did happen. It's miracles that did happen because the people, someone allowed human will to cave in to faith. And there's people here today that have questioned God, that have doubted God, that's even doubted that God even existed. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus said, if you could somehow generate a mustard grain quantity of faith, a mustard seed of faith, that you could take that faith, and with that faith, God can move any mountain, any obstacle, any barrier, any sin, any failure, any doubt, any fear, any sickness, whatever it is, I know a God that can. So I'm here to tell somebody, your past or your future doesn't have to be a repeat of your past. But I know a God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So, as they sing and play softly, we've had one awesome move of God but I wonder if there's somebody here this morning that you have something prevailing in your life we don't even have to know what it is the information I shared with you here this morning I've been given permission to share it publicly 
And these people voiced it, but there's other things that God has done that people want to keep confidence, and I'm all about that as well. But if you have a need here this morning, you don't have to express what it is, but if you'll walk down here, we'll pray for you. If you'll let human will cave into faith, you can walk out here a different person, and you can have a different tomorrow than you did yesterday. I'm preaching to somebody hope this morning. It's a legitimate hope. It's a real hope. We have one coming already. Is there somebody else? I believe Julie's going to walk out of here with a miracle. Brother Bob, God is able. In the name of Jesus, is there anyone else? You have courage to step out of the crowd and say, I believe God can. I'm going to take God at face value. And I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the past said. It doesn't matter. My faith is in God. And I'm going to see God perform on behalf of my need here today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you feel too, why don't you come gather around the front with us one more time. And let's come with faith. Let's come with faith here this morning, everybody in the middle.